Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for clean, whole food nutrition, as well as home care, house care, skin care products, O'Fallon Nutrition is your place. You can take a look at them at O'FallonNutrition.com. Or if you'd like to have something shipped, if you're listening to me from outside of St. Louis, you can certainly have items shipped. I know they do free shipping if it's an order over $50. And the phone number is 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. As well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try it. If you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your cholesterol, you're trying to get your blood sugar down, try to do Pure Plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel. These are organic meals. They are gluten-free. If you need them to be, they can be dairy-free. They are soy-free. Free. You're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives. They really truly believe in nutrient dense meals that are just whole food nutrition. And I've had my clients or I've made recommendations for my clients for years at Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com or you can call them to ask questions at 636 778 3555. Again, remembering that they have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood that you can just run by and pick up a meal today. Everyone always asks me where I get my meat from, and given that I really eat meat on a daily basis, um, typically beef primarily, uh, my meat is very important to me. I have an autoimmune condition, and I want grain-free, corn-free meat, and I just haven't found the confidence in stores in knowing that I'm getting 100% grass-fed, grass-finished beef. And I have searched and searched and searched for the right farm, and I have found the farm. It's fedfromthefarm.com, fed, F-E-D, from the farm.com. These 
farmers are amazing. It's a it's it's a family. They're they're here in Missouri and they have the desire just like I do to see people well and to see people healthy and they put a lot into what they do. It's such a wonderful family to support. They do uh, offer 100% grass finished, grass fed, meaning that's it. Uh, a beef and I get my ribeyes, I get uh, you know my ground beef, my ground sirloin, I get my chuck roast. I mean, they basically have everything. They even have awesome jerky, but they also have eggs. They have chickens and they have turkey. I'm planning on getting a turkey uh, for Thanksgiving. And if you'd like lamb, they have that as well. Uh, But if you are in need of good quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef or quality eggs, chicken, turkey, uh, don't don't just settle for what you're getting at the local store. to go out on the internet and check out Fed from the Farm, uh, that you can arrange a pickup or you can have it delivered to your for, for to your home, and I can guarantee you you're going to taste the difference. Uh, for me, it my health actually depends on it, so I really thank God to have found such a great farmer. FedFromTheFarm.com. I hope it blesses you. Okay, just wanted to give a second to get everybody in here today. Today's going to be a fun day of talking about Thanksgiving. So I hope you're prepared for uh, writing down some notes because I'm going to give you several different ideas of what to do for Thanksgiving. And quite literally the entire meeting today is going to be about how to prepare successfully for Thanksgiving. So um, honestly, it's... These recipes that I'm going to give you and these ideas that I'm going to give you, they can also be utilized for Christmas, um, but they are in no way, I mean, they, they don't have to be dedicated to uh, Thanksgiving. They can sincerely, you could just start food prepping these foods for the rest of the year. So that's kind of the fun thing about it. Um, now, I've shared, I believe, everything into the group um so you should have everything that you need and i'm going to kind of pull that up with you guys uh while we're doing this uh so that i can kind of just be confirmed that you all have everything that you need well let's see okay i did i shared the recipes with you guys um okay now if there's questions as we go please prompt the questions in here but also after we get done today if you get to where you're like shopping for something or you're just not sure on something just prompt a question in here okay um uh so just let me know uh if if beyond this session that you guys have any other detailed questions just prompt it in the group so that we can all you know we can all kind of work through it and then i'm going to post a few more recipes like the actual wrote out recipe Um, but the reality is what I'm trying to do right now is give you uh, a means for looking at the day and saying okay these are the foods that are going to to wreak havoc on my body 
These are the foods that are going to actually make me feel great. Um, here's a way that I can make them to where everyone in my household will enjoy them. And I, I don't necessarily have to rule out having something that I really like. Maybe there's a way that I could make it uh, that would just be uh, in a healthier fashion, okay? So the first thing I want to do is just go through a list of foods that I would just completely eliminate as well as what we could replace them with, all right? So the first thing we wanna think about is, and I kinda put this down in the group, so I'm gonna pull this up. I put this down in pictures for you, okay? So the first thing I have down is um, eat this, not this, all right? So mashed potatoes and gravy. A moderate sized potato, white potato, so this size right here, is equal to four teaspoons of table sugar. So your body will have the same metabolic impact from a moderate sized white potato as it will from four teaspoons of table sugar. So if we put four teaspoons of table sugar in a little cup and we just started going like this and we just started eating the table sugar, your blood sugar would increase at the same rate at which that white potato would cause. So you're gonna have the same inflammatory response from the white potato as you would from the sugar. So just wanna make sure everyone's really clear on that. Now the gravy is undoubtedly gonna have gluten in it unless for some reason you have someone that's making it in some way gluten-free, but that is very difficult to do. So um, they could be doing that though, but just be aware of the fact that it will have gluten in it as well. So that's something she'll be consuming. Now. When you're consuming potatoes, you have to recognize that that big blood sugar build is going to be responsible for causing you to crave other sugars because that blood sugar is going to collapse and you're going to be looking for more sugar. All right, so you're going to be now going to the dessert table where when you walked in the door, you were like, I'm good, I'm okay, I've been on my plan, I've been following things, I've been feeling good, I don't need any of that. And then all of a sudden, just bringing those potatoes in will put you in a position to where you're really going to have a hard time walking away from the dessert table now. Okay, so just be aware of that, all right? So what could we do instead of mashed potatoes? My suggestion would be make garlic mashed uh, cauliflower. And so you're probably like, oh, Debbie, you and cauliflower. But you guys, you got to just realize that it's not just me. There are a lot of people doing things with cauliflower. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to come up with solutions to where you're not eating garbage every single day. So what... What you would do for mashed cauliflower, and not just every single day, but even on Thanksgiving, like why do you have to take in poison if you've got an alternative, right? So let's get the pre-rushed, pre-cut, pre-chopped cauliflower so that it's super simple. And let's just like go to Deerberg's, go to Schnooks. They have it in those bags. Let's get like three or four bags of that roll it out on a sheet cake pan, make sure it's evenly distributed so none of it's on top of each other. Roll it in avocado oil or olive oil very well. If you wanna cook it at a high heat, you've gotta use avocado oil. If you're willing to cook it at 325 or lower, you can use olive oil, which I personally like the taste of, uh, but it's, you, you're, it's your call. Um, so you're gonna, if let's say you're gonna use olive oil, you're gonna cook it at 325. It's gonna take you 30 minutes minimum 
and you're gonna swap it around, move it all around and make sure everything's kind of getting a good even hit. Then you may wanna go another 15 minutes after that 30 minutes, you know, after you've kind of moved everything around and you could even move it around every 15 minutes to get a real even roast. Now we want it to be roasted to where it's pretty well done, not burned, but where it's softer. Okay, and then what we're gonna do is get out your food processor or your big blender. So it does not have to be a food processor. It can just be your big blender. Throw that cauliflower in there. And then with that cauliflower, we will want to on the side in a skillet, in my opinion, this is the best taste, have a shallot. You could just use onion, but I would have a shallot because it's a more gentle taste. It's not as strong as an onion have that finely diced, like very well chopped, and have it in there with some garlic. Now you're gonna wanna put the shallot in first and let that get cooked down a little bit. Then you're gonna put the garlic in there because if you overcook garlic, it won't taste good. So you're gonna put that garlic in there. And you're gonna use some olive oil as you're, as you're getting all that down in there. And you wanna have enough olive oil left that as we take that skillet and we pour all of that into your food processor or into your blender, uh, you're gonna really be able to get the taste of that oil in there as well. And then what I normally do is just take my olive oil bottle and just put a couple more dashes in there. I also take uh, dried parsley and I put dried parsley in there when I'm doing the blend. Um, I put a couple dashes of hot sauce in there. I like that, you could completely leave that out. I put a very good, healthy amount of sea salt in there because cauliflower can be somewhat bland if you don't. And then I put black pepper in there as well. And then that's it. And then shut it down, push your button and you've got mashed cauliflower. And then what I do is I put that in a, a, you know, a casserole dish. Um, I personally like to do a long sort of skinnier casserole dish. I do an oval one um, because I just think it looks prettier when it's not stacked on top of each other. And I also think it doesn't get like watery. So you can kind of keep it. Um, and also like what I'll do is I'll take like a cake um, froster and then I'll make like little um, like uh I don't even know what you would call them in the cauliflower, just so it looks prettier. And then I get fresh parsley. You wanna have a bundle of fresh parsley whenever you're cooking, just keep it in your refrigerator. It's very high in potassium, it's great for you. And then I take the fresh parsley and then I'll just put that all over the top just to make it look pretty on the top. Okay, so mashed potatoes versus garlic mashed cauliflower. I'm telling you, there's no reason why you don't wanna make that on a Tuesday. It doesn't have to be Thanksgiving. Whenever I make a roast, which I have one thawing right now to make for tomorrow, I love making mashed cauliflower. It's just so good with roast. So you can plate up that mashed cauliflower and then you can throw uh, your roast on top of it and a little bite of roast, little bite of mashed cauliflower, a little bite of roast, little bite of mashed cauliflower. It's delicious. So that's the first thing that I would, uh, you know, kind of bounce back and forth with. Now, the second thing that I sent you a picture of eat this, not that, is cauliflower rice over bread stuffing. And so you might say, well, if we're having mashed cauliflower, do we really want to have cauliflower rice? You absolutely do because it's different. It's different. It doesn't taste the same. Okay. Now I'm going to give you a recipe. I'm going to 
put a recipe on here, um, but it's not the recipe that I talked about yesterday in my Facebook Live video. It's a different recipe. Um, I'm working on getting that one on paper. So when I get that one on paper, I'll submit it too. The one that I'm going to post in here has butter. Um, I don't do butter. I don't do any dairy. So I just replace the exact amount of butter with olive oil. Okay. So with riced cauliflower, what I do is I have two skillets sitting on my uh, oven. And one skillet has two bags, depending upon how many people, three bags of frozen riced cauliflower. All right. And I've got it in my oil and I use my iron skillet because I like to brown it really good. This skillet over here, I've gone to Deerberg's, bought two containers of chopped onion, chopped carrot, chopped celery. It's a, uh, it's like a soup starter that they, that they sell right by the lettuce, right by where all the grilled or the grilled ready vegetables are. And then I get those going in my other skillet. I don't like combining them because I want both of them to brown. And if you put too many things in a skillet at one time, those vegetables are not going to brown the way that they should. So you just got to be aware of that. Um, so anytime, like that's why I have you doing two totally separate skillets, okay? So we want to be scraping the bottom of that so we can get the brown bits at all time and nothing burns, but everything starts to brown up. It's probably going to take you about 15 minutes to keep moving it around. The riced cauliflower might take you 20 because it's frozen. Now, if you thaw it out the night before and just leave it in your sink, it'll cook a lot faster. But just understand if you're in a pinch, you can just do this without. Now you're gonna need some chicken bone broth, okay? And so what we'll do is, is we'll take all the celery, onion, all that stuff, and then throw it in the cauliflower pan as soon as you feel like your cauliflower is ready to go, okay? And I have a very big skillet that I use for this. And I get all that mixed in together. And then what I'll do from there is I'll do a little poultry seasoning, just a little bit. It all depends on how much you're making. It's like, I'll take it and I'll just sort of pinch it over. And then I do some sage. You don't need a ton of sage, but I just do a little bit of powdered sage all over it just to get that sort of um, uh, stovetop stuffing kind of feel for it. Now, whatever herbs you like, you should add to it. If you like oregano, add oregano. If you like uh, rosemary, add rosemary. If you like thyme, add thyme. Um, if you don't like any of those, don't add them, you know, because you'll still get a lot of flavor just from uh, those particular um, vegetables and things that you're putting in there. Uh, so I always add either granulated garlic or I will have sauteed garlic in with those vegetables towards the end and I've got some garlic in there. It doesn't have to be a ton, but just getting that little hint of garlic will really make a difference. I always add a couple dashes of hot sauce to that because I like to get a little bit of a kick. So when we've got all that mixed together, then what I do is I get myself a good size casserole dish, okay? And then I take my bone broth and I'm only gonna put maybe, it depends on how much of this you're making, but you know, per package of uh, cauliflower, maybe two tablespoons of bone broth per package of cauliflower. And so what that's gonna do is keep it from drying out in the oven. When I put all this almost like a casserole style, I'm gonna then put it into the oven and let it bake so that it kind of browns on top a little bit. 
Now, what I would do is I would do about a 325 oven. If you want to do a higher degree on that, then remember that we're not gonna use olive oil at any point in time in this. We're gonna use avocado oil through the whole thing. And that's fine, but recognize that olive oil actually has a flavor. Avocado oil is very neutral. So if you want that taste to come in from the olive oil, then you you need to you, you need to add olive oil and just watch that your your heat temp that you use is not too high. Um, if you're not really that concerned about that and you're adding enough to, to get the flavor, then avocado oil is perfectly fine for you to de- for you to use. Okay, um, so get that all in there. Now, if you have a convection oven, if you're able to flip the convection fan on, I would do it because it would brown the top of it even differently. So I I might throw it in the oven for another 15 minutes, 20 minutes. You're not really going to ruin it if you go too long. So don't worry about it. Okay. That's just one way to make rice cauliflower stuffing. My mom used to make stuffing with bread uh, sage and, um, salt and pepper and oysters. <laughs> and that was it. And she would put chicken broth over it. And then it was like bread pudding. She would just put it in the oven and she put a couple eggs in there. So that all kind of married together. You do not need to put the eggs in the rice cauliflower. It's not necessary. Um, but I could make the rice cauliflower the exact same way she made her stuffing if I wanted to. So if you have a stuffing recipe that you love and and it and it you like all that flavor, you know, all those flavors together, sincerely think about doing it, get your vegetables here, get your cauliflower here, think about doing it the exact same way and use your spices. Now what I suggest is after that's done, I would put some fresh parsley all over the top of that. It just really beautifies it. And then I would even put some dried parsley in with it because it just makes it look so much prettier to have that parsley in there. It really does change things. And like I said, with parsley, you're just getting free uh, potassium by, by adding that parsley in there. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Does that make a difference in uh your blood sugar if you have that over bread stuffing if you are having bread stuffing when i talk to people about what to avoid on thanksgiving the main avoid is always going to be bread i'm going to say don't go for one roll don't have the bread don't have the crust don't get yourself started on bread because bread is ultimately going to basically throw your brain off at a high, high, high level. Okay, and so it will make it to where you start craving things immediately and you are not gonna be able to turn down the rest of the carbs and the rest of the sugar if that's the case. So please, my suggestion is just avoid the bread and avoid the things with flour and you're gonna put yourself so much further ahead and you're really gonna be able to enjoy the day and feel a lot better. Okay, now our next eat this, not that, is uh, sauteed green beans, which I'm gonna give you kind of an attractive way of doing that, versus green bean casserole. I'm sort of the most anti-green bean casserole person you're ever gonna meet in your life. I'm never gonna get a sponsor from French's. But I want to pull up uh, French's um, fried onions. 
I want to pull them up so I can show you what's in the ingredients. Okay, so the ingredients on the French's fried onions are onions, palm oil, so one of our damaging oils that we don't want to have, wheat flour, salt, and dextrose, so sugar. So sugar and wheat is in those fried onions. So please understand that if you're eating the green bean casserole, you're not eating a gluten-free option. So a lot of people will say, I, you know, I do the uh, green bean casserole. I figured that was better than most of the stuff that's there. Not necessarily always the case, just so you know. Now, um, as far as understanding um, what else is in there, now we've got uh, cream of mushroom soup. So I'm just going to bring, let's see, cream of mushroom soup. I'm going to bring out a Campbell's because that's going to be, in my opinion, the easiest one for you all to find. And we are going to look at the ingredients of Campbell's cream of mushroom soup. Water, mushrooms, vegetable oil. The vegetable oils included are corn oil, horrible for you. Canola oil, not good for you. Soybean oil, horrible for you. You are getting all of these through your green beans. Modified food starch. Wheat flour, so we're back into the gluten. Uh, cream, uh, salt, whey, more dairy. Soy protein concentrate, so soy. Here's the key. Monosodium glutamate. In your cream of mushroom soup, you're getting MSG. So you are asking for a headache in so many ways from this. Yeast extract, dried garlic, natural flavorings, contains wheat, milk, and soy. Yes, it does. So that's what green bean casserole is doing for you. It is not the healthy option. It is not the way to uh, make a better choice. You are not going to feel good from that green bean casserole. Nothing about the green bean casserole is healthy except for the green beans, but you've laced the green beans with so much poison that they're not even close to being healthy. I'm going to give you a couple ideas and even some ideas to play with the um, onions to make them fried, okay? So when you're thinking about, um, when you're thinking about doing uh, sauteing green beans, there's multiple ways that we can do this. You can buy them fresh, okay, in the pre-cut, pre-washed packages, and they're the longer ones. I like doing that. Or you can buy them frozen, the longer ones, but I also like doing it with the frozen cut ones, the shorter ones. And all I'm gonna do is just thaw those out the night before, just sit them in my sink so that I can just throw them straight in the skillet the next day um, or straight into the oven the next day. But I really like to saute them because I can brown them up and they get really good. Now, I like to use my iron skillet for this because I can really brown these green beans up but what I'll do is I will take mushrooms and I'll get whole mushrooms, okay? And I will like maybe divide them in fours so that they are chunky, hearty, kind of almost like home style mushrooms, all right? Now on a side skillet, 
I'm browning those mushrooms down, not with a lid because I don't want them to get watery. I want to actually brown them just with some oil and be careful that you don't go too crazy with the oil because they're like sponges and they'll get real um, uh, too moist. You know what I mean? So just be cautious with that. Uh, so I'll have those mushrooms kind of over there. Then I'll get my oil in the skillet and then I'll have my green beans in there. Um, what I will do is cook really no more than two bags of green beans at a time. Now I know maybe that's a pain in the neck for you, but if you can put another skillet down, do two more in there. This is just a way to really make them taste better because you can get those green beans evenly hitting the heat. So they're going to brown up better and they're really going to taste better if you do it that way. Now, the third component to this puzzle is I'm going to get a sheet cake pan out. I'm going to put parchment paper down on that sheet cake pan. I'm going to go to Deerberg's and I'm going to buy two containers of chopped onion, white onion, little bitty squares of chopped white onion. And I'm going to spread that all over the sheet cake pan. Now, the parchment paper helps to pull the water off of them so that's why i do that and then what we'll do is is we will spray those we won't drizzle because the drizzle would be too heavy and then they're going to get watery so we're going to spray those onions we're going to put them in about a 300 degree oven okay we don't need a high heat on this if you have a convection i would use it and then we're going to forget about those i mean make everything you can make around those onions and then what's going to happen is you're going to check them like every 15 minutes and they're going to start to get shriveled up and crunchy. And so 30 minutes, maybe 45 minutes, it all depends on your oven. You're going to have what tastes like fried onions in these little crunchy, crispy little onions. Okay. And so what we're going to do is saute those green beans saute those mushrooms at the very end of the mushroom saute we're going to throw some garlic in there because you don't want to overcook garlic and we're going to get it kind of combined in with those mushrooms then i'll take maybe a tablespoon maybe two tablespoons of beef broth bone broth or vegetable bone broth you could use chicken if you had it it still would add flavor i'm going to put that in with the mushrooms i'm going to let that kind of get pulled and saturated for just a little bit more depth to the flavor and then boom I'm throwing those into my green beans I'm using my tongs I'm tossing it all together and now I've got that going in what I prefer not a big bowl but something that's either rectangular or something that's square or an oval pan or even uh, going as far as having like a platter that I would put them on because I don't want them piled. I want to be able to evenly distribute these uh, what I call fried of onions, but they're just um, baked onions. I want to be able to evenly distribute those all over those green beans, all over the top of those green beans, assuming that you all like onions. But they are delicious on those green beans it is phenomenal i could take that platter and set it in front of me and just have that for thanksgiving dinner like that's it well i could do that with the rice cauliflower too i could just sit there and just have a bowl and just sit there and eat the rice cauliflower it's so good um so anyway so that's that option uh now 
Another really good idea with the mashed cauliflower would be to take your onions and then top the mashed cauliflower with those fried onions. So you could go multiple places with those onions, assuming that you like onions, but it, it's really a good texture with the mashed cauliflower and the crunchy onion on top. Okay. There's other ways that you can make onions. I mean, you could actually get rings of onions and you could put them in some egg white and then you could season up some almond flour with parsley, with a um, little cayenne pepper, a little granulated garlic, a little onion powder, a little salt and pepper, and then dip them in your egg, dip them in your almond flour mixture, and you could bake them if you wanted to, or in your skillet, it's a little expensive because you're going to go through a lot of it, fill that much olive oil in your skillet, I'm sorry, avocado oil in your skillet, crank that heat up, and sit there and make fried onion rings with it. And then, you know, you could put that on top of it if you wanted to, or you could just have that on the side. So that'd be a way to bread that. Okay, so there's some fun ideas. Those all sound delicious. I'm seriously very hungry right now. Next, eat this, not that. Um, and again, I've posted all of these, is no sugar added cranberry sauce versus the can of cranberry sauce. It's so funny how you can literally see the lines of the can in the cranberry. Um, but the first of all, the lines in the can, when you're eating something out of a can, you have to recognize that you're introducing the opportunity to have aluminum in your body. So that's not always a good thing. So we don't want to build heavy metals in your body. So given the opportunity to not do... Um, a, something in a can, I would definitely do that. Um, now, as far as the no sugar um, cranberry sauce, ways of making that would be buying frozen cranberries or buying fresh cranberries and then getting yourself a saucepan and you can get either. Cranberries are extremely tart. So if you think you're just going to saute them up and then eat them, you're wrong because your face will hurt just by eating one of them. They're very, 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 very tart, okay? And so what I do is I'll take those cranberries and I will get them in my saucepan and I will add the juice of an entire orange. So I'll get a whole orange and I'll just sit there and squeeze all that juice in there. And then I'll also put one cup of water in with it. If you wanted to, you could get the apple flavored hint water and use that water to go into it. And then I'll get like a, um, what kind of apple is that? Uh, I mean, a Honeycrisp apple would be fine. A pink lady apple, I was trying to think of the name of it. And I will cube that apple up really, really small squares, like finely chopped. Like if you have a chopper, I would use a chopper for it. Um, but I would take then those apples and I would add them into that mixture with the cranberries. And then I'm going to put like an entire cup's worth of unsweetened, no sugar added applesauce. And then that is all just going to sit there and cook down together. You got to cook it on about medium heat because you got to get all of those uh, cranberries to pop. So you really want to make sure they're all popped really well. And then I would add stevia. And you may have to be a little bit, um, you may have to add a little more stevia than what you would normally add to things. Because again, 
this is not sweet. Okay, the apples are going to sweeten it up. The applesauce is going to sweeten it up. Uh, you know, the apple hint water would sweeten it up, but it, it's still, it's not, it's not naturally sweet. I mean, they're very, they're very, very, very tart. So you adding the uh, stevia to it is definitely going to be necessary. And then the juice of that orange is going to help it too. It's also just going to help build like a little bit of body to it and just give it just that little bit of a different taste by having that orange in there. Now, if you really like for things to taste brighter, um, feel free to add a little zest of the orange over the top of it. And that's a really great way of doing it. Now, something that I've done that my family absolutely loves, and I, I've never really met anyone that did this. I haven't heard of anyone when they tell me their recipes. Um, first of all, before I go ahead, when you're cooking that on the stovetop, you're waiting for all those cranberries to um, pop. You need to be stirring this like almost nonstop because it will burn at the bottom if you don't. So just keep it stirring, keep it stirring, keep it stirring. And then when it starts to look like sauce, like cranberry sauce where it's thick, then you know you're where you need to be. Okay, that's how you know how to back off the heat. So what I would do in a side skillet, and I've done it different each year, is I would get finely chopped pecans or finely chopped walnuts. You could actually do each one, you know, a little bit of each. And I'll put my oil in the skillet. And then I'll throw those in there. And then in a little bitty side dish, I'll put cinnamon in it. And then I'll take a, a fair amount of stevia, stir it around so that I basically have cinnamon sugar only made with stevia. And then I'll sit there and I'll sprinkle that all over those nuts so that they're cinnamon sugar walnuts or cinnamon sugar um, uh, uh, pecans. And then I'll get that those browned really well. And what I do is I just put my cranberry sauce either in a crystal dish or I put it in this really cute Jaliska loaf pan that I have. Uh, so either way, um, but a crystal dish is kind of pretty for it because it's such a pretty color. And then I take all those nuts and I literally build like a crust onto the top of my uh, cranberry sauce. And so that will, it gives you like a crunch, you know, so when you're, when you take a bite and you've got that, then that also kind of gives you a little bit so that you're not looking for this hyper sweet um, taste. I have to tell you to make cranberry sauce homemade, you have to put a minimum of one cup of sugar in it to be able to get it sweet enough. So we're adding all these extra things in there, you know, just to be able to, um, ultimately make it to where it's sweet enough to where you still enjoy it. And then I think the nuts are just kind of a nice added bonus. Now with cranberry sauce, you don't want to have this much cranberry sauce, like at all. You want to have like that much cranberry sauce, okay? I mean, that much. So a, a heaping tablespoon of cranberry sauce is all that you need. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of sugar, just it's a just in it, okay? And so what you're gonna do is you're gonna make that and maybe set it next to your turkey and then you can have a little bit of cranberry sauce, a little bit of turkey, a little bit of cranberry sauce, a little turkey, something like that. You know, you don't wanna have a big pile of the cranberry sauce, okay? Um, now, the other thing that I had was eat this, not that, not that. Crustless pumpkin pie versus pecan pie. Out of the dessert family, pecan pie is the worst thing that you can have. It has liquid corn syrup. It is, there is liquid corn syrup poured into the pie. 
you're going to feel terrible if you eat pecan pie. I can't make you not eat it, right? Especially if you follow a plan all year round and you're very consistent uh, and you you really are strict with your food and you say, listen, this is the one day out of the year I'm going to do something and I'm going to enjoy it. Good for you. You know, if that's what you want to do, then good for you. It, far be it for me to be the one to tell you to not do it. But what I'm telling you is you are going to feel like dirt if you eat that pecan pie. Maybe go out on Pinterest and maybe try to uh, set up a, a cleaner version of pecan pie. Maybe that's out there, you know, something that doesn't have the corn syrup. Uh, but it is a bad idea. And then when you're adding gluten in the crust on top of that, you're really, really setting yourself up for an issue. Now, I posted a crustless pumpkin pie recipe. And so I'm going to pull that up for you guys. I'm not going to necessarily go through the whole recipe and teach you how to do it like I just did for the other items. But I just want to give you an example of um, what the ingredients are. Um, this one has ginger in it. It has coconut cream in it. Um, they use either honey or maple syrup as their source of uh, sugar. And then they use uh, cinnamon, nutmeg, sea salt, and vanilla. And then, of course, pumpkin. Uh, so this is very basic. You know, I mean, very, very simple. Um, honestly, baking pumpkin with some of, if you didn't want to put that maple syrup and honey in there, you wanted, and it's only at calling for a fourth a cup. If you, you could try unsweetened applesauce in there. Um, but really, you could just do cinnamon and stevia. I mean, you don't necessarily have to have that. Pumpkin in itself is really quite sweet and you really may feel like you are satisfied from having that. Now, you could also go out to Pinterest and you could do, you could find yourself an almond flour crust. And that almond flour crust, you know, also could be, you know, I mean, again, as long as you're not having any flour in it, it still would be a great option. And if you find an almond flour crust and you're unsure of some of the ingredients, just ask me or, or post it in the group and we'll kind of talk through that together. Okay, that's the beauty of this group nutrition program is that we've got each other. Some of you might have tried something that I haven't tried. You know, I'm only giving you one thing. And so let's all fuel in and 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 uh, chime in on these messages. Let's, uh, let's all benefit each other with them, okay? That's, again, the beauty of having this group. Um, now, the other thing I posted this is remarkable. Maria Emmerich blows me away. Her cookbooks are phenomenal. She's a keto lady and she also does carnivore. Um, but she has so many amazing cookbooks. If you don't have any of Maria Emmerich's cookbooks, you really should uh, look her up. She's on Amazon. Um, and I posted her recipe. Uh, and what it says is that per cup... Um, you know, the apple that's in here is 95 calories, 21 carbs, and four fibers. Uh, the zucchini is 20 calories and four carbs. Um, so what she's done is she's used um, zucchini and she's used apple tea bags uh, from uh, Tazo. They make apple flavored tea. And then she's used lemon juice. She says to use Swerve, but I would just use Stevia just because we don't want the uh, sugar alcohol impact. 
Uh, it's a corn-based sweetener. I would I would suggest probably avoiding that if you can and just use stevia. Um, two teaspoons of cinnamon, nutmeg, um, apple extract if desired. So it's not even necessary. And then for the top, stevia, chopped pecans, almond flour, egg white protein, and cold butter. So she's used that cold butter to just get it to combine. I would just use coconut oil instead of the cold butter since we're trying, you know, most of you are trying to stay dairy free. And she just mixes that one part up, then tops it with the other part, and then bakes it. <sighs> it sounds amazing. And I mean, it's totally okay to have, you know, there's, there's, None of this is going to make you feel bad. I mean, absolutely none of this is going to make you feel bad. So it looks amazing too. And so what you might serve this with is maybe some coconut whipped cream, you know, or you could get some coconut milk ice cream, you know, if you like, if you like, um, but you know, it, I don't even know that you need to top it with anything. I think it's going to be delicious just on its own. How awesome is it that you could have that? It would taste amazing and you wouldn't walk away having some sort of weird blood sugar collapse or just feeling like garbage because of it. So guys, there's so many options. She has whole entire cookbooks with recipes like that in them. And if you ever need to know how to convert it to be dairy-free, just message us in the group and I'll be happy to help. The other one is Maria Emmerich's. I mean, there's two uh, recipes I shared with you from her because she's just phenomenal. Um, but the other one is for her zucchini uh, bread. And uh, this would be something kind of neat for you that you could do if you wanted to feel like you were having uh, flour, you know, like something that had flour in it. And she uses shredded zucchini, uh, eggs, uh, coconut milk, coconut oil. Um, and then again, she uses the swerve, but I would just use stevia. And what you could do is, is it calls for a half a cup of swerve. I would use a half a cup of vanilla egg white protein powder to get the consistency. And then I would add your pure stevia to it. And then vanilla, cinnamon, sea salt, uh, coconut flour, baking powder, and then chopped nuts, pecans or walnuts. And she said optional would be unsweetened coconut flakes. This comes out like a loaf of bread. My old assistant made this for me. Oh, it's so good. This is delicious. And so what I would do with this is I would melt some coconut oil. I'd put stevia in that melted coconut oil, a dash of vanilla, and then I would put cinnamon in it. And I'd stir all that coconut oil together and I'd make a fair amount of it. And then I would cut that bread up, put it in your plate, and then I would drizzle that cinnamon, vanilla, coconut uh, mixture all over it. And then just to make it even more interesting, I would take an apple and I would slice it into thin slices and then I would saute that in a little bit of olive oil or avocado oil, add a little more cinnamon and stevia to it, and then I would top that bread with those baked apples. And then it would be like having like pound cake and cooked apples on top of it, like fried apples. And if you cook those apples in the iron skillet, they're gonna taste just like fried apples. 
That is so much better for you than having an apple pie. Like you will feel so much better after you have that. So please, please, please consider doing this, guys. I, I, I just pray to you that you don't feel foods being demonized. You feel like you understand that there are ways that you can have things in a healthier fashion. Okay, now, um, uh, the last one that I'll go over is her keto fudge recipe. And what she does for the keto fudge is she uses coconut oil, uh, full fat coconut milk, cocoa powder, uh, stevia, unflavored collagen, which I would use, um, personally, I'd use the chocolate collagen because then you would just add to it, you know, even more sweetness to it. Um, sea salt, almond extract, and vanilla extract. And I mean, this is so simple. And then she basically puts it in the freezer and she makes fudge out of it. Um, there is nothing in this that you cannot have. And this would make for a good afternoon snack if you all made it on the regular. Um, so this is really good quality fat that you could have as your afternoon snack when you're wanting your dose of dark chocolate. This is a clean source of dark chocolate, guys. You've got options. You don't have to get that dark chocolate that has soy and that has sugar in it. I don't care if it's 70% dark chocolate or not. Look at the ingredients. Are, are the ingredients things that you should be having? Sure, maybe the cocoa is okay, but that doesn't mean the ingredient, the rest of the ingredients are okay. So just be cautious with that, okay? So ultimately... You could have something nice and rich and chocolatey. You could have something that feels like a cobbler that has the crumbles on top. You could have something that would be sort of bready. Another thing you could do is order some Sophie's Protein cookies or some Sophie's Protein brownies or some Sophie's Protein muffins. You know, we, we will bake them for you that Monday and then we'll either deliver them or you can pick them up on Tuesday for those people that are here locally. I know there are a lot of you all that are from out of town, but you could do that as well and then you wouldn't have to cook anything, you know. So if you're not big on cooking, that would be another option. Uh, so these are some of my ideas for ways of getting out of just some of the common pitfalls uh, that you'll get in with the bad foods. So I'm praying that this really has made a difference for you guys. Now, I could not end one of our messages without trying to inspire you. So I thought that this message felt like it was somewhat, it somewhat made sense for Thanksgiving. And I know we still have a couple weeks till Thanksgiving. So, I mean, I'm still going to talk to you next week about some other stuff. Uh, but I wanted to give you sort of like enough notice on this message so that you felt like you could have um, some sort of plan in place for Thanksgiving. Like you could kind of build your ingredients, get out to the store, figure out if you need a pan or something like that. And you could kind of know what you're going to do for your family versus the week before feeling like you're a little bit rushed or fluttered, or maybe you've already decided something and you know, that person's looking forward to it and you don't want to hurt their feelings. So I wanted to give you sort of like a heads up. Now, another thing is this Tuesday, we will be posting my podcast, not this group podcast, but will we be posting my weekly podcast? And that podcast is last year's Healthy Thanksgiving podcast. So it's a repeat from last year, but it's a great message. So I think you guys would appreciate listening to that as well. And then the following week for my Tuesday podcast, I'm going to take this meeting and I'm going to repeat it. So if you had friends and family that you'd like to hear this message, 
the following week, not next week, but the following week, this exact meeting is going to be put into podcast form and shared to the public because I'm trying to get the information out there about the group nutrition program. If you've seen um, these posts on uh, Facebook or on Instagram, we would really appreciate you sharing them and telling people about this program. Uh, We really, really, truly feel led by God to do this. I do. Um, And I I believe that we're teaching people what they need uh, to create a pattern of healthy eating for the rest of their life. Now, this isn't, you know, my one-on-one diet uh, or nutrition counseling that I normally do, where I tell you exactly what to eat and you know, you know, we're adjusting this meal, adjusting that meal each time we meet. Um, so they may still need to do that type of program to really get uh, the details of exactly what to have. But the two programs couple together beautifully, like just absolutely beautifully. So if it's something that Uh, you feel you have a family member that would benefit from, I would sincerely appreciate you all sharing it. And this is something that we're going to do out of the comfort of their own home. So they're going to be in a position where they could be anywhere in the country and they could benefit from this program. Uh, There's more information at integritytrainingsystems.com under the nutrition tab. That post that we... um, share all the time it's right there and so you can even share it from the website but i just would pray that you would just prayerfully consider sharing it with someone uh not only because it blesses integrity and it really does bless integrity um and i i donate all my time for it so that all the proceeds can go to integrity and we can grow this amazing place that basically saves people's lives on a daily basis um, I believe so strongly that God's called us to do that, but it, it, it does benefit integrity greatly, but it's going to benefit the people that you, you send it to. So thank you so much for sharing it. Last thing we're going to talk about is fear of failure. A lot of times when people are trying to lose weight, they're overcoming the fear of failing on the plan because they've failed so many times in the past that they've convinced themselves that they're going to fail again. And so they've got themselves in this continuous cycle of fear of that failure. So I'm reading out of Discipline Equals Freedom, our book from Jocko Willink that I like to read out of. And the title is Fear of Failure. Fear of Failure. Fear of failure can keep you from taking the risk. It can leave you sitting there paralyzed into not taking action. And that is obviously bad. But... I don't want you to overcome fear of failure. I want you to be afraid of failure. Fear of failure is good. Fear of failure will keep you up at night, planning, rehearsing, going over contingencies. Fear of failure will keep you training hard. Fear of failure will stop you from cutting corners. Fear of failure will keep you working, thinking, striving, and relentlessly trying to be more prepared for battle. So I want you to be afraid of failing. I feel failure. But more important, I want you to be horrified, terrified of sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing. That is what I want you to be afraid of. Waking up in six days or six weeks or six years or 60 years and being no closer to your goal. You have made no progress. That is the horror. That is the nightmare. That is what you really need to be afraid of, being stagnant. So get up and go. Take the risk. 
take the gamble, take the first step, take action, and don't let another day slip by. So I like how he took the approach that, hey, I think you should fear failure. And to some extent, I 100% agree with him on that. Although, I mean, in my lifetime, some of my biggest failures were what catapulted me into a completely different level of my life, right? So we're going to fail, right? So to some extent, you can't fear it because you got to realize that you're going to use it for gain at some point. But yet I like his mentality and it's the mentality that I've always had when it comes to nutrition. Because I feel like as a society, we've gotten to a place where we have literally no conviction, I mean none whatsoever, about what we eat and drink. It's like we're gluttonous and we don't care. And the Bible says that all sin is created equal. So it's like murder, adultery, gluttony, right? And so to me, what I feel like is the world has become so fallen that it's like we're basically making excuses for why it's okay to overconsume on garbage food on a regular basis and then to need six medications and medical assistance at a level that you shouldn't even need because you're overconsuming on that food sick days, your employer's having to pay for you being sick, when the reality is, is that the sickness is coming from what you're putting in your body and the choices that you're making with your body. So I believe that the fear of failure should be there to some extent because you should care in that much detail that you succeed at life. I mean, you should care that you're well and that you're living the best life that you can. You know, you don't want to be lazy in your choices. You don't want to be lazy in the approach that you take to your health because it'll impact every single aspect of your life. When you make your health a priority, your relationships will improve. Your faith in God and your spirit walk will get stronger. Your work will improve because you will be so much more focused and you'll you'll give them more than what they're paying you for and as as you should. Uh, so you will change in all areas of your life when health gets in there. But I don't want you to let the fear of failing because you failed on a diet before, I don't want you to let that be the reason why you don't start another plan. And just because you failed last week doesn't mean you don't continue the plan. You failed last night. You wake up today and you get right back on track. You get right back in the zone and you get your good food in. And you just regain focus. You recalibrate, okay? Nobody says it's over just because you messed up. Nobody says it's over because you spent $1,000 on something and you failed at it. I have had so many husbands, and the funny thing is it's always more husbands than his wives. I don't know why this is. Um, and, And maybe it's just because women are more likely to trial diets than men. But I have had so many husbands say... Um, I just don't know if I want her to spend that much because she's tried and failed so many times. She's probably going to do the same thing on this program. I've heard wives say that about their husbands as well. But the reality is you are all ultimately as a spouse 
claiming failure for that person. And I am married to someone who had to lose 100 pounds. I helped him lose 100 pounds. He had a heart attack at 27. He is addicted to sugar. Uh, he is, is addicted to stimulants. At one, at one point, he was an alcoholic. He's recovering alcoholic. Um, and he was addicted to pain medication. So that was a lot, right? And in eight years of being with him, I, and, and nine years of knowing him because the year before I was his uh, counselor working with him through all of that. And in eight years, I've watched him start and finish, stop because he's failed more programs than I can count. And when he's ready to start a new one, let's do it. What, let's go get the food. Let's get to the grocery store. Let's get this thing down on paper. I'm going to go get it laminated. I'm going to hang it in the kitchen. I'm going to put it in your car. I'm going to have it for you at work. You're going to know exactly what to eat and when to eat it. I'm going to help you prep the food. I'm going to call Pure Place and have them deliver this much. Let's go to Whole Foods on Friday night. We're going to get it all gathered for you. And I'm going to get excited about it. And then he tells me what the workout program is going to be. That's awesome. And then each day when he comes home, I'm like, how'd you feel today? Did you feel good? Did you feel fueled? Do you feel like you need something else? Just like another client. I'll say all those things to him. And he's just started a new program. And it's like, I'm not like, well, we're going to spend so much money on this food and I mean, he's probably not even going to eat it. It's going to get left in the refrigerator. He's just going to forget about it. What good does that do me as his spouse? How do I gain any respect from him if I don't dive into it with him, right? Doubt kills dreams. And so if you doubt for your spouse, they now doubt themselves. You've killed their dream of the possibility of them actually being able to even change. So that poor wife is going to come into me already knowing the person that they live with already thinks they're going to fail. They already have one person in line thinking that they're going to fail. Just push through it though. Even if that's the way that husband thinks or that wife thinks, push through it. Do it anyways. Do it even if they're not behind you. Now, praise God, I am behind John, and, and he's always supported me in all my endeavors as well. You know, I don't really get to do uh, any real fun food, uh, but he's certainly supported me when I've had to change food for autoimmunity and all of the different things that I've dealt with. But support people. Don't plant negative seeds in them. When they start telling you about a different program, don't tell them how that didn't work for you. I hope that works for you. God bless you. I pray for good health for you. You know, don't, don't tell them why well, I read this story the other day that people die from that. Let them walk their walk. Let them do it for themselves and let them learn it. If you're on a healthy track right now, the biggest and best witness you can be for someone is just walking out a healthy lifestyle and a happy life. No one is attracted to someone that's unhappy all the time. No one is attracted to someone that's complaining about being hungry and tired all the time. They don't want to do what you're doing. Your kids are not going to want to do that. Sophie wants to eat like me. I eat like a carnivore on vacation. Every time I made a filet, she was like, I, 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 I want some of that. And of course I gave her some, you know, of course she, she eats what I eat. But at the end of the day, I don't want Sophie to eat like carnivore. I want her to have broccoli and I want her to have green beans and I want her to have the other things. But people want to do what you're doing because you're representing it in a positive way. So if you have a family member that has failed and failed and failed, 
you're not going to get them to try again because you remind them of that failure. You're going to get them to try again because you are believing God for breakthrough in their life. You're praying for them and you're standing in faith with them that this is going to be the time that's going to make the change. This is the final time. This is going to be the time where their life is going to completely change because of the choices that they're going to make. Um, Thanksgiving, enjoy it with your family. Enjoy every minute of it. But go into that day in prayer. Get down on your knees the minute you get out of bed and believe God for breakthrough for that day. If you're addicted to food, ask him for the strength. If you're addicted to sugar, ask him for the strength. If you know that that day is going to set you up for failure for the next week, Guys, don't do it. Make these healthy choices instead. If you have the self-control and the self-discipline to have those other items and enjoy them and then get right back into a healthy lifestyle the next day, go for it. Enjoy it. I want you to do that. But you've got to understand that poison is poison even when it's brought into your body in moderation. And when you moderately poison your body, even if it's only five times a year, you still have to have the expectation that disease is being furthered. And if you're still taking medication or you're still dealing with symptoms in your body or your weight's not where you want it to be or you've got some type of swelling issue, you got to tell yourself, are those five days worth it to me? Or what if I could get to the place to where I feel feel great every single day. I bet that would be more worth it to you, but you'll never know until you fully commit yourself. And if you're struggling, let me know. I'll meet with you one-on-one. We'll do a one-on-one nutrition program, but God bless you guys. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. We're going to be having, you know, a totally different topic, but remember to look for those podcasts and I just pray, uh, just strength, blessing, and protection on your families. Uh, I pray God that you would protect these families from the virus and that your hedge of protection would be on us regularly. I also pray for great blessing and favor. I know everybody's going through ups and downs right now with all that has gone on and with kids now being uh, sent back home again. Uh, I just pray for the favor needed uh, for everyone's household, you know, to be safe, but also to be provided for. God bless you all. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful weekend.